Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm so uh, glad to welcome you here, Ben. Um, we've been looking at your work, and the students have been uh, kind of asking to get to know you. And I think you guys just hired one of our students over there at High Res. So that's awesome. Oh, we probably did. We've been going through a lot of. Uh, we've been hiring a lot of people over there, so we we probably got a couple. Yeah, that's great. Tell me, you know, that might be a great place for us to start here because, you know, we hear all this stuff in the game industry that like it's you know so hard to get a job, and then like you know sometimes students come in with mm -hmm. stories like you know you have a better chance of getting in the NFL than you do you know becoming <laughs> a character artist, right? You know, it's, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah. So, but you're hiring a lot of people now. How does you know how does this work? How, when do you hire? fire, you know, ramp up, like, you know, what advice can you give people who just don't know what the heck is going on? Uh, so as far as the hiring, firing stuff, where I'm at, um, we're kind of a, a major studio on the uh, south um, east area, mm -hmm. so um, we're kind of different than most places. Uh, we have multiple projects that will come on and come and go, and basically whenever they happen, we ramp up, and then whenever we are done with a project or something doesn't work out, we didn't just take the same the same staffing to another project and just ramp up to another thing. So we're a little different than most studios. There's a lot of hire and fire kind of mentality in like California and the game hubs in the different areas like Texas and mm -hmm. Seattle. But in Georgia, where I'm at, it's like because there's not a lot over here, um, we actually try to cultivate talent and then keep them and not send them on their way if things don't work out. Oh, that's great. And where are you located? Uh, it's in um, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Do you guys look for mm -hmm. students, experienced people? You know, how's that work? Uh, so for us, um, we we'll hire anybody as long as they have potential. Like if a student comes out, like out of, I mean, obviously we don't want to hire a student straight up out of uh, while they're in school. But if they're out of school and they're ready to be employed, um, we'll just see if they have the aptitude, you know. And we're willing to kind of grow them from there if we see this potential. Okay. Got it. So the um, the questions really in my mind, like you know, um, what do you look for when somebody's coming in out of school? What are the sure. the things that define if somebody has potential or not? And one of the things uh -huh. that I like to focus on is this idea of like what are the triggers, the specific things that if you see it, you know that that <clears throat> that person has potential. Sure, for sure. Um, specifically for what I look for, uh, the project that I'm working on is uh, Smite. Um, so basically the kind of, the game we, that we work on there is a free to play game, uh, and the way how we kind of, uh, monetize things is through skins and that then allows for us to have a lot of variety of things we can do. So basically we'll have skins that, you know, there's male characters, female characters, there's creatures like Cerberus, um, and then we'll have to have skins for each of those things. And like, you can see kind of the, some of the stuff here on my portfolio, there's like, different types of we have like fantasy here we have like sci-fi here um we'll have like creature based stuff here so uh, the things that i look for knowing that we're going to have such a, a wide range of things that we'll have to look for mm -hmm. is just to see if someone can have like can they do sci-fi can they and by sci-fi i mean just broad broad strokes because we can get we can dial that in and teach you in house how to get better at that but yeah. can they do some sort of sci-fi can they do some sort of creature work can they do some sort of like fantasy stuff and if you can only do one of those that's still okay as long as you do it well but we look for a wide range and then we look for just a, a technical aptitude where it's like when you look at something it may not be the best but you can see like they have an understanding of anatomy or they have a good understanding of hard surface or like basically if you can go to art station and feel like obviously if you can do something that's at that level like you're good to go but if you can do something that you feel like is would stay and out well enough that's kind of what we look for and it's just showing that it doesn't have to be something that's super advanced right it could be like something done super well that's really basic but mm -hmm. it has to be done well so it shows that you have like the technical chops but design is also something i'm looking for as well like design sense um a lot of times um i will like get a concept in game or from the character team and I, when, as i'm making the in-game model 
I'll start working on it and realizing things might not line up perfectly right. or things may not work well because this character is riding an already, uh, an already established rig and the animations have to follow suit. So like when we have this new hip or this new shoulder pad, for instance, this is like huge. And this guy has got his, like a sword that rides on his, his arm, like right here, you know, this Asano guy, if there's a giant shoulder pad right here, that's going to penetrate in with the sword. So like, how would we solve for that? If the concept artist kind of had something that looked like it would work well, but then when we go through all the animations, we realize, Oh, there's penetration problems. So I would re I would have to redesign things to make that work, but also feel consistent with the overall character. So like design sense for me is really important. Got it. So, so kind of all those things I look for. And uh, yeah, that's great. That's a lot. Um, what tells you about the technical capacity? So if you're looking at somebody's work, um, are you thinking software, like they know Quixel or they know Substance? Um, or are you looking for, no, they just know a specific I don't look at any thing? of that at all. Yeah, it's, it's more of just like, uh, for, for the texturing stuff, I mean, mm -hmm. like Substance and Quixel make texturing like really easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it's the, you just make masks and you just fill in some sliders and dial some things in and that so that's that's pretty easy the nuanced stuff like adding color into things and like that kind of like color theory and stuff like that that's important for me seeing that but the programs you use i'm not really worried about that i, I know that any program you use you can get the, a good result with it's more of like do you understand the just the fundamentals i guess is what i'm, I'm getting at got it like so PBR. I'll, I'll look for color yeah P, so we don't do pbr on smite specifically mm -hmm. um, we have other projects where we do that but we do spec gloss Okay. So one of the things for our projects, we still use Unreal 3, so it's pretty old, but we do a lot of, we do our own materials for everything. So every time we make a character, we have to do custom materials and we set up the shaders and everything. So we're kind of able to get some really good results from that. But um, yeah, PBR wise, we, we don't, we don't use PBR on, on this project specifically. Um, but definitely we look for, we just look for good color theory, things like that, design sense, um, you know, does your if you're doing cloth on a character, does it look blobby or does it look like it's clean and kind of like the sculptural ability of it? Does it feel like it's a material rather than it right. having a material on it to, to tell the material type? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So not too Z brushed, but somebody who's taken it past that to actually make it look like that's, you know, canvas or jeans. Absolutely, or, man. And, yeah. and a big thing, too, that I'll see um, with students is and like if I'm looking for something, something will tell me like kind of like if they're in the ballpark and we can like work on them like mm -hmm. aptitude stuff is just like when you're working on a sculpt a lot of people will rush right to the tertiary level details right and they don't get the primaries and secondaries on point and like when i'm looking for like a character like a character artist and i'm looking to see what they're looking what their, their skill sets are and i see like okay this guy understands primary and secondary reads like maybe his tertiary is not there but if he can understand at least a good level of primary and secondary I know that that's going to read really well at the distance. So I'm looking for that more than a, a like a tertiary mastery of things. Got it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, so it's not necessarily the software, but it's kind of you know where somebody's head is at in terms of yeah. you know or, or you know how deep have they gone into the texturing process. So if we, if we were to talk about I don't know something like you know anatomy, um, yeah. you know that's a such a black hole for a lot of us, you know, like, and you know, I've certainly spent, you know, a decade or two <laughs> in that black hole, you know, just, just oh, yeah. trying to figure things out. But how does somebody know when they know enough? You know, how do they know when they're ready? Oh yeah. Um, so I am, I'm a huge fan of anatomy. Like mm -hmm. at this, pretty much where I'm at, I'm, I'm the guy that like, really hones into that stuff and is like expects a certain level like quality wise whenever we're, like we do a character it's like okay this is good enough like i'm like let's let me take a look at it and try to see if i can push some volumes and proportions and stuff around but i don't mind if people like you don't have to be an all-star with anatomy right to be to be able to do the job because half the characters you'll see here don't even show like their bodies mm -hmm. right it's all like kind of paper doll system where there'll be a body underneath and you just do the clothing um I would go in, like if someone came in, they had just a base level of anatomy, like, you know, like, you know, just the broad forms. You don't have to know where all the uh, insertions and origin points and stuff are. You don't have to know all that. But yeah. you can do broad strokes of things, like here's the deltoid, here's a bicep, here's a tricep, here's a forearm. You don't have to know, like, the brachioradialis and how that all factors into how the forearm and where it twists with the radius and all the union. You don't even know all that. But if you know the broad strokes, 
I can work on that stuff with you, like to say, hey, okay, this is a little off, and the reason why is because at this angle, you know, your muscle, like the, the volume isn't correct at this angle, but we can work on that. So what I'll look for is just kind of not wrong-looking anatomy, but it doesn't have to be so precise. Like it doesn't have to be like so granular. Got it. And, and you have a sense of, um, how do I say it, but like hierarchy of importance. Like is there an area that's just a no-go? Like if they haven't mastered this area, then you know they, you know, they're not mm. quite there yet. Like they're not beginner, but, you know, they're – they're not sure. there yet. Like you can't work with them yet until they get this. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mean broad strokes or do you mean like just anatomy specifically or just anything? Uh, well, let's do anatomy first and then I'd love to open that up. Uh, yeah. So with the anatomy side of things, it's, it's like I was saying, it's basically if I could just see that you can at least you hit the ballpark, like your things might not be like the anatomy might not be so perfect and nuanced. That's okay. As long as you can hit like the big broad strokes. Like if you, like opened up how to draw the Marvel way or like any anatomy book by like Bridgman or something like that. You can right. just do the kind of the major volumes. Then that would be enough. And you can use reference. It's not like you have to know this stuff off the top of your head, you know, or even know the names for any of this shit. You just need to be able to say, Hey, can I actually make it look awesome? Like based on a, re a reference, that would be enough for me to go with. But if I, if I saw the anatomy was like just radically wrong, that would be something where I would kind of be a little concerned. Cause I'd be like, well, there's plenty of reference out there. So, why would this look so wrong if you could at least have some sort of like, you know, you can look look at an, an example and try to just copy it. If you're if you're not even getting that, then it's like, are you doing it out of your head? And is, is from what your head incorrect? So that would kind of be something that would be like a red flag to me. Yeah. Um, but if I saw that things were like in the right places for the most part, but just they're just off a little bit for whatever reason, that that's stuff that I'd be looking for that I'd be I'd be OK with. Got it. That makes sense to me. Um, so how do you start characters now? Um, well, let's start with this at the end. Yeah. Um, do you use Marvelous Designer to get clothing? Do you, how deep do you get in terms of, and, and expect, sure. you know, to get. So, um, Marvelous, if I have a character that's heavy in, uh, like cloth and stuff, and I know that like, I have some time to really like tweak it. I yeah. will I'll definitely use marvelous for, marvelous for things where it's like especially like big volumed cloth that has like a lot of weight and it's kind of like a lot of um like gravity would be affected by it. I would definitely use marvelous for those kind of things. But a lot of things for me like if I have to go with speed I, I it pretty much boils down to that speed. If I have to have a deadline that's tighter, I'm going to go ZBrush all day cuz I like you know, I understand the anatomy of uh, a fold, you know, like how mm -hmm. you do like compression and how things will wrap around and how you can do thick, thick to thins. Like I understand all that stuff. So for me, it's just like, that's one thing I can use in a pinch to be able to just sculpt it out in with the time mm -hmm. that I have. But for, um, if I have like, you know, extra time because we're in a good spot and, you know, I finished my last character on time. Yeah. I'll definitely use marvelous for things where I feel like it's going to get me the best result and, it's not going to be something where I, because you know, Marvelous is a lot of things where you have to like, you might fight with it a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're like working on something and it's like, okay, this is this, like this, this way, this um, dress on this character, it all like works together. It might be really hard to get working in Marvelous. I might just go right to Z. I might do Marvelous for half of it. And the part where it gets difficult, I might just do it in ZBrush and like merge the two together. Because for me, it would be just the thing where it's like, I am, I know I can handle like, the ZBrush stuff like it's clay. I can like, I know there's no technical problems. That's me just learning how to like make sure it looks good. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with Marvelous, it's like, you know, it's easy for some things, but then for other things, it can be very complicated. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and when it gets complicated, <laughs> like if it's, if, it's a whole new level. <laughs> yes. If I'm fighting the program to get what I want, then I'm going to ZBrush. Basically, yeah. that's because I'm in a production environment and it's like, I, you know, when you're a student and you're practicing, it's great to like, push through problems and figure that stuff out. But when you're in a production environment, it's like, you know, they pay you to make an asset. They don't pay you to figure out how to make the asset while you're making the asset. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So how long do you usually have on a, on a character? Let's say an average character, if I can say that. Uh, it's about four weeks, I'd say. Um, we usually have a, a process where we – I can go into my process via this if you want. Um, I'd love it. I'd love that. It would be great. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, basically, the, the pipeline we have at, at, 
uh, on Smite is we have for a character we have like a, a rough process where we'll make we have like about a week, but definitely you you want to spend less time if you can, but you have as long as a week to make a rough proxy mesh that then will get sent to a rigging uh, artist and they will um, weight it all up to the bones of the uh, current character and just try to make sure that the animations are still consistent um, whenever you have this new model. So as they're working on that, I'll start my high poly model uh, and I'll have about a week to a week and a half, depending on how fast I got my rough done mm -hmm. um, to work on the high poly. And then at the two week checkpoint, my high poly should be done pretty much. And then I'll work on the low and then start the UVs. So I'll have that another week. So low with UVs is another week. And then the last week is going to be textures and materials. So I, I, basically you get this big four-week four chunk of time, and you kind of can move at your own pace. You mm -hmm. just have two checkpoints, which are to get your rough proxy mesh to the rigging department and then your final model to the rigging department. Because we have to, you know, everyone works together at the same time because it's a live environment process. It's not a game like, uh, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn or Doom or something where it's like a single-player experience and, like, you have two years to make it so the production milestones are all set so it all works well with this project it's like a it's a living breathing thing like every two weeks we do a new patch with six new characters um so it's pretty we do a lot of stuff and it's always in flux so basically i have to make sure that you do kind of a waterfall style of things like as i'm getting mm -hmm. something done then i pass it up to a guy like it you know midway through and they're moving at the same time as i'm moving on the final and they're moving on their final rig and they pass it off to animation and they're working on their base animations as I'm working on my like low poly. So it's like everyone's working together. You just have to make sure that it's like, like um, you pass things off at the right times. Got it. And this uh, is how, and so game, how I'll do things is oh, go ahead. As you're saying, this is how go the ahead. game is monetized, right? So, you know, absolutely kind of yep. essential. We, so we, we, we make, yeah, we make cool skins. Uh, we make new gods and uh, we do like events and stuff. So we'll do like NPCs in the game and stuff. So that, yeah, that's kind of how the uh, free to play uh, system works. You kind of give cool uh, stuff to buy. Cool. Um, but for, for as far as my pipeline with this stuff would go is, you know, basically knowing that that's what I have to do to get stuff done. Like timeline wise, I would basically um, get my uh, concept and then, I would start blocking like I don't I don't like do the modeling straight into Max or like uh, Maya. I'll go right into ZBrush um, and just start like I'll take a, a, uh, an existing character that fits the proportions uh, that I know is going to be what I need to fit for this guy. Like yeah. there's an existing like skin and there's like a mech character or something like that, and it's like for one of our our gods and he has another mech skin. I will take that other mech skin, knowing the proportional volumes are pretty consistent. And I'll work off from that in ZBrush, and then I'll Dynamesh stuff, and then push things into place. And for me, it's important because, like, if I get a concept, that may not come – like, 2D is not necessarily translate into 3D well. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, basically, I always want to make sure that I take enough time to, like, kind of do a rough proxy sculpt that allows for me to make sure the volumes are all feeling really nice in 3D. And then I'll then make a final rough off from that. So I go, uh, not all the guys like that are at work will do that kind of stuff. They're pretty much like, hey, they'll just follow a concept to a T. Mm -hmm. But I will, um, I will make sure that the, the, the 3D feels really good. Even if it does, like once I do the 2D like version of it, and I'm like, man, something's not right here. Like maybe the chest needs to come out more. And the 2D version, it looks great. But like when I start seeing it and rotating around, it's wrong. I'll redesign some things if it feels like it's a better fit. Like it's not it's not changing the concept, but it's plussing it, you know, adding to it where it's it's not really working in 3D. Mm -hmm. I'll do that kind of stuff. Um, so then after I have my proxy done like that, I will then um, pass it off to the rigging department, and then I will use that as my starting point uh, to um, start making my final high poly. Yeah. And uh, I don't really do a lot. I mean, I do a lot of like trim dynamic stuff and polishing for like hard surfacey kind of things. Like organic stuff is easy to do in ZBrush, but the hard surface stuff that's the more difficult side of things. Totally. I usually get if I have a if I have a timetable that's really fast, I will um, just sculpt straight up in ZBrush, and I won't even like retop. Re I'll just use like the the trims and stuff and polishes mm -hmm. to make sure that everything feels pretty good. And it may not be the most prettiest model, but like whenever I bake it down, I know the low poly is there, and I start doing textures, it'll look really nice. But if I have a lot of time, I'm going to, like, you know, 
sculpt it into ZBrush, kind of get the lines for like, uh, you know, any breaks or any seam lines, like bolts and stuff. I'll mm -hmm. get that in place and then I'll probably retopologize it really quick and maybe like a hard surface package and then bring it back into ZBrush after I've done that so I know everything's clean. Got it. And then, yeah, then I just go into, yes, just go into model, uh, finish the low poly models and then uh, baking, texturing, and then just doing materials. Okay. All right. Um, and this four weeks is uh, after concept, right? Really use substance. What's that? I was saying that uh, I actually don't. Even, I don't even use. Uh, I don't even use uh, substance or. Uh, I use Dido a little bit, oh. but I don't really use substance much on my work because of spec loss. I just kind of do Photoshop old school style. Got it. Um, but I was saying uh, this four weeks is after the concept, right? So you get the concept. Yes. Then you get your four weeks. Um, and when you go through and you do your, uh, your material, you do your model, you do your low res, you know, how much of that is you focus on the high res versus how much of that is you focus on the texture? Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, like the thing is one can help the other. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of like hard to say sometimes because certain things are like, oh, well, you know, like there's a pattern on this character and it looks really cool. So I want to sculpt it in. It might be better just to do that in the texture actually, because you don't know if the, Fidelity is going to read at a distance. You might want to change the yeah. scale a little bit, you know? So there's a lot of things where it's like you have to also be tactical, which comes with just practice and time. So you might not know the right answer going in. But, like, if you've made, like, ten characters, you might be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe this pattern I should do later on because it'll just have a better bake. But you don't have to worry about bringing in a 40 million poly model character mm -hmm. you can't decimate because you've decimated it, then it ruins that fidelity, you know? There's things like that where there's time trade-offs. Um, but I, I, yeah, I would say that, uh, yeah, basically just um, being efficient is is key with that kind of stuff. Cool. All right, now you've got uh, in your in the top left of your um, yeah art station. There's a character who's got like a fur and barbarian. And this is one of the problems I know a lot of us, uh, a lot of the students get into kind of early on. You know, uh, how do you sure. get that fur? You know. Oh, uh, let me see if I can find a close-up view of the fur. Um, so the okay, so like, so what I'm gonna do with this? Um, basically, I get a volume in place mm -hmm. that kind of is where my fur is gonna be at. Like as I'm building this character, he was like really high. So what I would do is I would like kind of like block in the top part, and then I would have like once that's kind of roughed in, I would decimate it and then bring it in as a proxy to give me my volumes. So mm -hmm. I make sure everything feels pretty cohesive. But I'm only working on a high a uh, high fidelity version of maybe like a boot at a time or like the pants or whatever. Oh, but okay. for like the, um, the rest of the actual, uh, like this fur here, I would have a volume in place and then I would probably break out like a couple of like strands, you know, and I would just start like individually placing them from the bottom up. Like, so this would be like you know, the first bit of fur hmm. and then I would have the next bit right here. So it's layered almost yeah. that way you'll have these volumes that kind of like feel right. And then after I've done that, there's probably going to be little spots that don't feel fully fleshed in. And then I'll like, you know, dynamis everything back all, all together, remesh it or a Z remesh it. So I can actually have like a, you know, I can go down to levels and go back up and then I'll re I'll make a clone of, of that and then Z remesh it. And then I'll get the details back from the decimated version so that I can actually, you know, have fidelity going back and forth and it's not going to be like a super dense mesh. Mm -hmm. And then I'll then work off in the very top level, like adding like little stamps if I have it or just like extra strokes with like damn standard or something. Yeah. But that way it's like you're working on your primary reads first, you know, and your secondary bits. And then you work on those tertiary, like tight detail uh, lines after. Got it. Great. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then when you're dealing with games, is it just cards? Oh, uh, well, that depends on a lot of things. Um, it depends on your engine for one. Uh, it depends on, um, there's like opacity things like in, in text, in the materials, there'll be like different types of, uh, shaders you can use. Like there's ones that'll be like masked versus transparent. And that like is an additional cost in game. Like a transparent texture is like a whole grayscale kind of situation. So like if you wanted to have cards, grayscale is awesome because you can actually have like, you know, softness to it right but if you um do that you're gonna have it's like a dxt5 texture so it's gonna be something that's gonna like be uh more expensive texture wise so if you have that grayscale in your alpha um but if you have a masked version which is black and white that's like the more cheap version of like a, a transparency 
it's on or off. So it's going to look kind of weird if you like kind of have cards and they're just on or off sometimes. Yeah. So it's kind of like what you can work with bandwidth wise. Um, but I, I tend to with, with smite specifically, like, I would do cards in like a, high, uh, a more modern engine for sure, because they just have the ability to make it look nice. And it's not as, ex as expensive and the engine can handle that. But unreal three with the way we do things and the reads you're going to have the character for, um, it's usually at a distance. So I usually just, kind of sculpt stuff like it's a big piece of mesh and i'll just like kind of bake it out but i'll try to be really intelligent about how i do it i'll make sure that like maybe i'll do a decimation of it if it's going to be an area like for instance this bone this would be attached to the leg bone mm -hmm. um a hundred percent probably there might be a little bit of uh weighting that goes to the thigh but the shin it would be this would be a hundred percent of the shin for the most part right so i would just be like okay well i can just decimate this and then make sure there's still some fidelity with like, like these these uh, silhouette breaks and then um, just make sure it's low enough to be in game, and then I could just bake it one to one. Cool. And you uh, you did this actually in a class, which is yeah really kind of uh, cool because you know at your level you're still learning. So what um, talk to me a little bit about like how you stay up to date, you know, and how important that is if if you oh dude, uh, it's 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 funny you mentioned that because uh, yeah man, you artsy. I was uh, I, I'm actually I was talking to to Susan about trying to get into a class. Uh, soon for like sculpting stuff um ah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yeah the martin canal absolutely yeah. man um yeah i did this for a class it was a mentorship with uh grissetti and uh glauco longhi yeah and uh basically you know like i'm always trying to even even yeah I'm, I'm like an art director right now but like i still like i'm still learning like every this 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 whole career isn't something i think a lot of people think when you when you go into this career it's like how do I get to the finish line as mm -hmm. fast as possible, right? Yeah, totally. I think there is no finish line. It is a lifestyle. It's a journey. Like you could just, just, just enjoy the process. Like you're going to feel like, I feel like I like am not that good. Like I feel like I need to get better every day. You know what I mean? And I, I don't, I don't think that like that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just that like, stay humble, stay hungry. You always, the techniques change, the software changes. There's always stuff to learn. Like after I learn how to get, get, really good at sculpting i gotta learn how to get really good at uh like rendering right like one of the biggest pitfalls i have in my portfolio is i'm not really good at displaying this stuff i'm, I'm really bad at like i'm so busy always making stuff that i'm not good at like presenting stuff you, you know mm -hmm. so like that's one thing that i'll eventually have to get good at is getting good better presentation you know but i'm always uh, a fan of like thinking you should just keep keep learning because everything changes and you you know you can never know enough i'm really good at uh, like males anatomy and stuff like that but like females i still need to work on that stuff like that's really hard it's very subtle there's a lot of like nuanced things um i like color theory is a whole big thing that plays into stuff and that takes like there's so much to that uh lighting is huge uh even though it doesn't seem like it matters too much to like um like if you're getting to the games and like character modeling and stuff like that but mm -hmm. color theory is huge even it's super underrated for a lot of like um texture stuff it's 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 king like making sure you have a good harmony of things balancing things out with colors in a subtle way is really important uh lighting like understanding lighting will allow for you to understand how form reads better right totally so the better yeah. you are with forms the more you can be you can put that into your sculpt so it, all that stuff is hand in hand so I think like definitely like keep just keep learning because, um, you know, I I know there's tons of things that I need to get better at. And knowing yourself as an artist too is super important. That that way you can know where to go, right? Right. Like being humble about that stuff, I think is is super key. That's cool, and you know that's it's neat that you bring up the the texturing and color theory because I was just talking to the boot campers today about this. And um, one of the things that I've noticed is people get really good, especially like in substance, they get, they get really good at like the, the value variation, right? They can make something match. Yeah. But um, one of the things I see that misses a, people miss a lot is getting like chromatic variation, getting variation in the hue where something's bluer, or yellow yes. or, and, and whatnot. You know, what kind of um, things do you find are really important to, to make a texture sell and not look, you know, CG or amateurish? Oof. There's, oh man. <laughs> You got some hard-hitting questions, man. There's, these aren't simple answers once. Uh, so there's um, there's a lot of things that are important, um, like obviously like saturation and like knowing how far to push things. Like mm -hmm. um, like this character that I have right here, he's like more hand-painted. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot more saturation in here than maybe some of these other characters. 
like this one specifically, but knowing like knowing how far to push saturation in the game that he's going to be in so that he doesn't stand out like a sore thumb opposed to like this character here. Like I push this as far as I could without it going too crazy, like World of Warcraft compared to this guy. It's way more like uh, muted down. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing kind of like how to balance things is really important, I think. Uh, knowing kind of like color harmonies that work well together, like, you know, oranges, silvers, and like teals work really good. Like black, gold, and red work really good. Like there's certain like color things that work very nicely. Um, and understanding how to like leverage that in a material is important too. Like, you know, this character over here, like he, the idea was just make him like a, a guy that has like a, a celestial nature to him. So mm-hmm. like he has a like, kind of like this galaxy moving around his body. So as I was getting to his arms, I was like, I need to have something that draws your eye to like, you know, the business end of things, right? Like his hands are going to be shooting fireballs and like hitting you with them. So how do we draw attention to those areas? Because that's his weapon, right? So I'm like, how about if we like highlight the hand, right? And it's like, by highlighting it, it's like, well, what kind of highlight color will work well with like a purple, right? So like knowing how to like find a good, like if I just chose like an orange or like a a deep blue, it might not look as nice, right? Mm -hmm. But like having a teal, it works well with the purple and it like blends nicely. And then it also pops out because... I made sure it was a brighter type of teal, right? So it's like a big kind of like, hey, look at me kind of place, you know? Yeah. Um, so all those things are important. And, and knowing where to lead your eye, that's another huge thing, man. Like a lot, a lot of times when you, if you like try to look at stuff and you desaturate it, it's like having nice color blocks, like the 70-30 rule where it's like 70% should be like rest, but 30% should be like your details. You know, mm-hmm. like this character has a lot of details right here, specifically up close. Like if I get up on his, his armor and stuff, there's a lot of ornate stuff going on. But at a macro read, like at a distance, it's just gray, right? right. But then up close, there's a, there's a micro detail that goes on. So knowing how to like, like not have too much noise is important, but also knowing like how to like use that kind of like frequency detail, to like lead you in, in areas and then using color to do that as well. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of games like um, that are top down, like Diablo and like League of Legends, right? They'll have the whole lower part of a character. They'll be like desaturated more, and they'll be darker. You'll have like a top down gradient map, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole point of all that is to get you to look at the focal point, which is the upper body, not the lower body. Got it. So like little tricks like that can help lead your eye to where it's 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 about leading the eye. A lot of this stuff is. Cool. And then focal points, of course, like leading your eye to the focal points in the character. Like the hands. Yep. Any Like hands, weapons, anything that's going to move or be interesting. Um, anything anything that's going to be like a, a standout thing, you want to like help lead the eye to those areas and let the rest of it be supplemental and have those areas be the focal points. How important do you think it is for people to um, focus on the face for sculpting? Oh... Um, so it depends on what kind of game you're doing, mm-hmm. but uh, the face is really important. It's it's a make or break thing, man. Like we had one moment where there was like a skin that went out, and like the face was just a little off. Just a, just a, it looked really good, but it was just a little bit off. And the fans went ballistic online. They were like doing memes and stuff. Like they were just oh, like, no. you know, like, I had to I had to take it back and actually just adjust it because it was like, look. There's too much flack, and it was like it wasn't even wrong. It wasn't even that bad. It was just it was like a little bit of like something didn't feel right about it. Like it was a little too feminine for a face for a male character or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. The cheekbones were at the right angle. The nose didn't like feel right. Like it was put too small, maybe. Like the eyes had a little bit too much like AO on it, so it felt like makeup. Things like that. It doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but because everyone every day looks at other faces like you know you can't you you have to come correct with those kind of areas faces are one of the, like you you can fudge a body up a little bit and it will be kind of acceptable yeah. but faces they're the most scrutinized things i think uh in in any um medium like games or film whatever you know that's why you have like the whole uncanny valley stuff right it's like mm-hmm. you can probably get away with most of it but the minute you see those faces and you know you you can just tell right now if it's wrong or right yeah so it's really important i th- i th- think faces are, are really important you don't have to have to know the anatomy of a face fully like the muscles and how like all this you know the radial stuff works that's more for deformation and animation i think but just understanding the forms um there's a there's a book that's really good at this stuff it's called anatomy for sculptors 
Oh man, those guys and are pretty much are awesome. I know them, dude. Dude, like, and it's yeah, it's yeah. crazy. They like they totally didn't. Um, they're not coming at it from a, a place of like, what's the anatomy like anatomically correct? They're like, what are the forms looking like mm-hmm. for a sculptor, right? Yep. That's the most important stuff. Like understanding what the forms are and how those relationships work together. That's the important stuff. I mean, the anatomy, like, it's helpful, and it's great to know the names because it can help guide you if you're looking for reference online. But how that, that anatomy creates forms and, like, how fat pads affect that stuff and how, like, you know, things might be just, like, if you shift the angle like a hair, it'll, like, make the lighting change, and that will cause a whole different reaction from a, from a, a, a you know, a response from a, a viewer or a player. Like, all that stuff is super imp- – that's the real meat and potatoes, man, is the, is the form reads. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What about things like hands and feet? Uh, so hands and feet, at least, I mean, it depends on what kind of game, you know, I mean, they have to look good enough, but mm-hmm. like you know, on a game like smite where it's like dudes running around, they're fighting each other's magic effects and all this stuff. Like even when you're trying to buy a character, like, you know, just make it look like he's got four fingers and a thumb and uh, don't go too crazy off that. And I think you'll be okay. You know, um, but a game like maybe like, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe one of the Mortal Kombat games or something like that, or, or even more one of the more cinematic kind of games like um, Until Dawn or something like that. You know, those games you gotta you gotta be right with those. Like you have to make because there might be a cinematic moment where you see someone's foot or their hand, and it's got. Or even Uncharted is probably a better example. It's easier to understand. Like if if you, they they zoom in on a camera beat, like where they're looking at like the the character's like hand and his gun he's ready to fire and they want to mm-hmm. get a big cinematic kind of feel there yeah. and they're gonna pan down the arm and they look at the hand and the gun's ready if that hand looks messed up like it ruins the illusion right that makes sense so some games it'll be really important I think but other games like League of Legends you know it's not gonna matter World of Warcraft that you just make it look like a good enough hand it doesn't have to be the, a, a masterful hand you know. Well, and that and that makes sense for when you're in the industry. But you know, one of the things that's always on my mind is there seems to be a difference between you know what it takes to get into the industry and mm-hmm. versus what you do when you're in the industry. So for somebody who's sure. wanting to get in, you know, and they're just looking, they just want to, what do I do in that portfolio where it's like it just triggers somebody somewhere? Um, yeah, this is like, for example, the, the guy you guys hired is Matthew Gilmeister, right? And he, he'd been, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. He just got on Paladins. Dope. Yep. Absolutely. That's right. Cool, man. And it was his character yeah. that he, he worked on and he was, he was kind of, you know, he, he took it this little bit further than he'd taken stuff before and it just caught somebody's attention. Right. And so now he yep. can, you yep. know, he, he's, his process is going to vary versus what he was doing in the boot camp. But like in terms of the face and in terms of what you do on a character, you know, Yep. What's the thing that you need to do to just to become a candidate for the job, not get the job, but just become a candidate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, sure. L- let mind. me just say this right, just right out the gate. Like yeah. basically all the learning is going to be on the job. Got it. Everything that gets you to the job is just to get you to the job. But like Great. once you get in there, like you're, you're at the very, you're back at zero. Like you got to learn from the bottom <laughs> because there's so much stuff yeah, and you know, not to be, not to like dissuade anybody. Like it's, it's a wonderful experience, you know, like, cause you're going to, it's awesome. It's exciting to learn and, and grow. But once you get on the job, everything is just a different, it's just different. And it's good because they're, they're paying you to, you know, get better. So it's like, it's all good. But as far as like um, what to get there, it's basically just, you know, try to have like, for me, like I was saying, like a range design, but the thing is you don't like, you don't have to have stuff perfect. It just can't look wrong, I guess is the best way to describe. Like if, if I look at anything and it's like, that just looks off, it's, it's immediately like, all right, well, you know, I, it just looks wrong. So like if they're putting stuff out and they know it looks wrong, like then maybe they'll do that on the, on the job. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't have to have a huge, you don't have to have like 60 characters. You can have like, you can have one really good character that shows that you know how to do the thing. As long as it's done like at a quality bar, that's worthy of going in a game. Like as long as you can see something that you make and like that could go in a game and it feels good. People will, people will look at you. I think as far as like as a, as a potential candidate for sure. Got it. I mean, the more you have the better, right. But like, just make sure that like, if you have more, it's just, People are going to look for chinks in your armor, right? They're going to mm-hmm. look for 
they're going to look for the quality first, and they've seen, okay, cool, this all looks pretty good. They seem to get a good handle on stuff. Then they're going to say, okay, now where are they messing up? What, what are the, what are the, you know, they'll 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 do the, they'll do the broad read and they'll say, is he is this person? Can he do can he do the work? Right? It's like, okay, yeah, let's go, let's go, cool. So now where is he? Where is it wrong? And they'll start looking. They won't even look for the good stuff anymore. They'll just get the broad read that it's good, and they'll start looking for like, okay. What does he not understand then? And then see how that applies to the job. Like, okay, well, we need someone that understands color theory. And if, you know, he's got great modeling skills and this kind of looks good from presentation standpoint, maybe Marmoset's doing that with all the lighting. Like, what does it look like with the colors in this actual character? Okay, maybe that's like, there's something wrong there. Like, they'll start, we'll start looking for those things mm-hmm. so we can know, like, how to, like, you know, get you to the, it's like the next level, right? The first, you know, the first read is, okay, can the character, does it look interesting? Cool. It hits that mark. Now, does it look like there's any technical thing that's wrong? Cool, it doesn't look like it's technically wrong. Then it's like, okay, now, is there anything, like, you start, like, getting, like, more granular as to, like, what could be, you know, improved in the character. But, I mean, not every place is going to be as crazy as that, but that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the mindset. Like, whenever I, I show the guys at work, like, hey, here's a candidate, like, that's the first thing we'll start saying. Hey, you can do the job, yeah. But then it's like, but then where from that mindset does he start falling apart, and is it, like, is it worth bringing him on because maybe he's not good at this or that, you know, mm-hmm. even after you get to a level where it's like, he's clearly competent. Got it. I love that. So all the learning starting afterwards, but assuming, you know, you, you've got a team, you've got people that are going to yeah. help you, um, you know, not oh, necessarily. That, that's, that's definitely it. Yeah. Like you, you will like on the job, like we, anytime someone hires you, right. It's, it's not like they're just, I mean, yeah, there's a contractual obligation and you're getting paid and you're making assets, but like, they want you to get better too. And you want to, because they know the better you get, the better their stuff they get from you that goes in the game. It's, it's, it's all like symbiotic, right? It's like, you know, I help you and then you're going to help the game in turn because your skill level has gone up. So everyone, you know, it's all about like, you know, growth and helping. Like, I mean, at least where I'm at, like everyone is just trying to look out for each other. There's, there's, there used to be a mindset back in the day when like, there wasn't like no one, I, I come from like the era of like, 2000 like 4 2003 mm-hmm. like that kind of level of, of art and it's like back then there was no like their zbrush had just started there was like no there i think maybe Noman workshop had just started maybe mm-hmm. there yeah. was like none of this online presence there was no gum road there was like nothing like i would like be at school man and i would be like if i saw like someone like bobo the seal or somebody like uh you know um these the old these older cats that are doing stuff you know they would have like a wireframe just a wireframe model right and it was like the minute you saw that wireframe you're like oh my god i found the holy grail right. holy crap like this is how you make <laughs> wireframes you know like this is the best and it sounds so silly because people these days will ask for wires and it's like kind of irrelevant at this point unless mm-hmm. you like are trying to figure out if they can make an animatable mesh right but back then it was so crazy so it was like um you know there was a mindset back then where it was like oh man trade secrets can't tell you know like my job is reliant upon these trade secrets so i will not share this information with you because you will take my job right there was that kind of mindset yeah, back in the day i remember that and um i remember yeah, seeing yeah, that it's, bay, it's, like bay rates wireframes oh yeah from, yeah, yeah, it was yeah like oh my god and he was in wings back then and it was just like you know this yeah, is yeah. how you do the eye to the nose to the face to the mouth yep. it was spiral something right was his name or something yeah it was, it was spiraloid the, spiraloid yeah, I think. yeah 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 that's yeah. it yeah that's it man yep yep uh uh, but yeah, so back then it was like that. But these days, uh, it's not about it's not like that. There's so many jobs. I mean, like I know that we were saying like it's comparable to like uh, being a football team because it's mm-hmm. like you know you have these teams, you have to have the best of the best. Mm-hmm. But once you're in there, like it's family. You know, everyone's trying to look out for each other. Everyone's trying to help each other grow. Like I am all about. Like I, I you know just last night I was like there was a guy that was working on like a torso for a, for a, uh, one of the characters, and he's kind of new. He's like a junior guy. Yeah. And I was like, hey man, give me your model tonight. All right, like after work, I'll take a look at it and I'll just like, you know, get it right, you know. And I just till like one in the morning, I was working on the model just to make sure yeah. that his stuff was gonna look good. I gave him before and afters. I give him some crits and stuff. So like, I spend a lot of my free time just to make sure that he's gonna be getting the right path, you know. That's awesome. That's amazing, and I, that speaks to like your guys's goal of just building the talent there. Because I'm, you know, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Like, what is it? Uh, Joseph Drust is down in around your area, you know, and there's some Ubisoft, if I remember correctly, but there's, there can't be a ton of uh, talent built in down there. There, 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 there is not. Um, there's there's a couple of studios down here, um, and it's crazy because they have this whole, like, Georgia, um, like, grant that allows you to make a whole bunch of – that's where you see a lot of these 
films, like mm-hmm. Marvel yep. films and stuff yep. like that. You'll see the Georgia at the very end because like it's essentially like becoming like Hollywood 2.0 because there's all these like um, tax breaks for the industry, the uh, entertainment industry, whether it be like video games or like film. So it's crazy to me that not a lot of places have, have come over here. And I think it's just the mindset is like, like that California mindset is, Hey, you know, you're probably gonna get a job and you might get fired, but because, but it's okay because like, I'm going to go right across the street and work at that next studio. That's right over there. And like two years from now, when I leave that project, I'm going to go over there. There's a lot of bounce around that happens in like the Cali scene. And um, I think when people, like see oh i want to go to georgia it's like oh well, where am i going to bounce to if it doesn't work out and it's not like that here because a lot of places they, it's like stability is kind of a thing here mm-hmm. um but it's just it's weird to me it has, hasn't picked up yet but there are definitely a lot of talented people down here um you just don't really hear about them because they're not out here flexing on like uh facebook or uh you know on our station as much and stuff yeah that's a really good point too because there's you know, there's a, there's people who are out there flexing. Yeah, there's definitely an issue yep. of that in California because you know you, you got to flex because you got to because it's your job, right? Like like if you're gonna if you want to get another like you know if you want to get that next that next studio after your project is over, if you want to leave for another place, you got to do that stuff, right? Just to mm-hmm. be like have your name out there. And I, I totally, totally get it. Yeah, um, but then in some places, you know, like Joseph Drust, you know, is just crazy skilled, but he flew under the oh, yeah. under the oh, radar yeah. for just a long time. It wasn't a big deal, you know. He's a very humble guy, very humble. Yep. So oh, he, yeah, he, he's he's super talented. Yeah, I know, right? God, I was so happy when um, Pixelogic hired him because he was like the yep. perfect guy to take them into character, you know, deeper. Yeah. So, what do you love about living in uh, in Atlanta? Uh, it's, I mean, there's a lot to do here. Um, the area I live is, is, is in this place called Alpharetta. It's kind of like a suburb. It's, it's just like a nicer kind of area. Like, uh, I have like a kid and stuff like that. So like, I don't really, I'm not partying and stuff like that. I like to go out every now and then, but I'm more of a guy that kind of just wants to go home, play with my kid. And then whenever she's asleep, I get back to art. So I, <laughs> I, I, as far as the Atlanta area, eh, there's a lot to do and I like that option, but, uh, you know, I kind of just like the actual, the place I'm at is more of the reason why I'm here. Got it. How old's your girl? Uh, she is four. She's about to turn five oh. uh, next month. That's like she's the pure best. love, right? Like just pure love phase. Oh, yeah. My, my I, boy like, just I'm, I'm doing this from home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. I, I'm doing this from home and like I have the door locked to my office. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, like she's she's already she comes in and she just like wants to sit in your lap and I'm like, I've gotten you. She actually will use the Cintiq to like color and stuff. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. used to kind of like uh like learning how to have her in my like on my lap, yeah. but I'm like cradled around her and able to still keep working while she's sitting there playing with something. <laughs> It looks really weird. <laughs> I believe it, but I, I totally understand. So how does uh, how does the game you know game the game career can be you know people have this picture it's intense and long hours. So how does that work when you have family? How how do you make that work? Are are they supportive uh, of it? You have to. I mean, so, so like where I'm at, it's like basically you know it's it's really nice because it's like me working extra hours is literally me volunteering. It's, it's a lifestyle. Like I was saying, like I'm like. I'm either helping someone after hours or I'm studying something to get better at something I'm interested in. Um, it's not like I have to like my, with, with my career um, at, at high res, like I do art direction. So basically it's like, I just make sure that the, that everyone is, I, I, I make sure there's no roadblocks. I make sure that if anyone needs to know um, where this needs to go, I just tell, Hey, here's what we need to make. Here's how we do it. Um, if you have any questions, questions come grab me and I'll help you out but like I try to let people do their jobs I try to not get in the way of that stuff I know some people are like very you know uh Dr. Claw with that shit they want to just own everything you know and just really just be in control I'm very much not like that I like to um facilitate and help other people uh take power and be, be in control of themselves but be able to kind of like give them direction so after hours I'll if someone's like they're not in a good place they don't understand something I'll take something if I want to and help them get in a better direction for the next day. But, but that's not ever expected of me. Um, we just it basically do like 40 hour, uh, you know, it's 40 hours a week at, at high res. And basically, um, you know, if you're, if for some reason you have to work from home, everyone's cool with that. If there's some reason you have to take a day off is all that matters. Like everyone's cool with it, like being flexible with things, but all that matters is at the end of the day, when rigging needs their models done, they get their checkpoints in place, and then whenever 
whenever we have our final cutoff for the character to make sure it goes out in live patch, that has to be done. So as long as everyone is making sure that they got their stuff done by those three checkpoints, it's pretty much like, hey, whatever you want to do, man, just get it done. There's a lot of trust, there's, but you have to like earn it, obviously. If people are, you know, messing around, they get, you know, we'll say, hey, do we have to be a little more careful on this stuff? But like, yeah, yeah we just make sure people can can uh, take have as much flexibility for their personal life as possible, but then also they're responsible to be done by certain d- days. So if you want to work at night to get your stuff done, that's cool. Like we have a guy, Chris Cooner, he's, he's a beast, and uh, his work is is top notch. And a lot of that comes from him just really putting in those extra hours. Um, he, he's already got, I mean, he's super talented to begin with, so he's pretty fast, but he also is super diligent and he doesn't accept anything other than the best. So like, he'll just keep working and making sure he puts in, he might put in like 50 hours on a 40, uh, 40 hour week to make sure that he gets that quality bar that he, he is happy with. That's awesome. Got it. Yeah. So basically it's, it's, it's like after hours for me is like, that's a voluntary. I, 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 I can't see myself doing it. I was like, I wanted to make comic books when I was a kid. Like that's where my design sense and my 2D stuff comes from. Yeah. But I realized that games are like a much better, uh, more money-making kind of industry, and sure. I have a passion for it at the time, so I went into it. And after going into it, I realized this is what I was made for. Like I, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Like all my, all my time, like I allocate right back into some sort of form of game stuff, whether it be design or anatomy or something that translates back into this. That's great, and. You know, you've been doing this. What I think you said since 2004. So that was yeah, yep. That was basic. Wasn't that with uh, silicone graphics machines? You know, still or did it get to the PC? Uh, uh, PC? Um, I can't remember how was, long I've been doing this, but I got in right when no, the computers no. went from a hundred thousand dollars to two thousand dollars. So I, I think I think it was um the 2000 era. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember having to put in a hundred. <laughs> Uh, it was it was definitely an era like I mean when I was going to school we had like it was like Max um, three I think okay it got Max it yeah three. it wasn't it wasn't like Studio Max it wasn't like yeah you're using like uh, numbers and vector you know just kind of Cartesian coordinate numbers to put in to like create things it wasn't that level um, but it was there was interfaces but it was very rudimentary there wasn't anything sophisticated there was barely any plugins like there was no ZBrush. Back then, I would, and when I was going to school, like the engine we used was GTK Radiant, which was like the Quake 3 editor, which is just rough to work with. But uh, yeah. Awesome. All right, man, this has been absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed this. Um, it, we can probably wrap this up. I think it would just, I'm sure you've got like advice that you give people um, that are looking to get into the industry. If there's like one or two things that you've seen in your career, like, um, make a difference. And what would be really great is like one thing, like not to do like one thing that's like oh, a surefire. Uh, like this is, just... I can tell you one thing for sure. And it's crazy. Cause it's yeah. not even related to art. Got it. The biggest thing that I see from people these days, um, is ego. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, you'll have, and, it, and it's, it's, I don't know. I'm guessing the reason is like for a lot of people, they'll come in and they'll be the best of their class, right? Exactly. I've seen that. I was the best of my class when I graduated way back in the day, right? And it's like they come in and they're this, you're like a big fish in a small pond where you're from mm-hmm. and you got the job, maybe your friends haven't or whatever, but then you come in and you you forget that now you're in the ma- the major leagues now. So like you mm-hmm. might have been the best at your where you were at, but you have to also understand that like there's guys, like I, this one guy I work with Trevor Henningsen, he's amazing, super talented artist, He's been in the industry for like 20 years, 20 years. The guy, the, I don't know how, I don't know how he's been in the industry that long. He looks like he's like 15. He's like a vampire <laughs> or some shit, but like he's super, he's, he's super humble. Great guy. He's been at like tons of places. The NC soft. Um, he's been at like, uh, uh, this place down in tech some places in Texas, some places over here in, in uh, Atlanta. Um, he's, he's been in the industry for, for forever and he's got a great attitude and, uh, it's like, you'd never know. Right. And it's like, so you got these guys that come in and they're like coming right out of school and they're so just full of themselves. And so, and you know, it can be in a good way, but like you can kind of feel it sometimes mm-hmm. if someone's too cocky about things yeah. and they'll just be that way about things. And then they're talking to this guy and the guy's just humble not saying anything, but he's got 20 years of experience. Right. So he's just like, it just rubs people the wrong way when you're, when you act like that. Um, that's the, one of the biggest things I've seen people coming in just being too, cocky and too arrogant and and not realizing that like 
you know, staying humble is the way to go, I think. Um, because, you know, this is, like I said, this is a journey. It's not like a destination that you're trying to hit. Yeah. You're always trying to hit the destination, but it's the journey is what matters. So like, be a good person, like be, be willing to help your team. Whenever I hire someone, can I get a beer with you right after work? Like, do I have to, I have to sit next to you all the time. Does your attitude suck? Are you, are you a negative person or a positive person? Right? Like that stuff is like getting getting your foot in the door with your art is really important. But when they bring you on for an onsite interview, really they're saying, do you work well in this environment? Like, do you fit the, um, the culture of the studio? And that's really important. And nobody grooms for that. Nobody, like I, I rarely see some, it's usually you just have a good charismatic person who come in and they're all right usually. But like, you know, a lot of us as artists are like introverted people or just like kind of shy and stuff. And that's totally cool. But like having that kind of like, personal skill set is it's uh like soft skills is what they call it having that kind of like worked on a little bit is will give you a, a big leg up i think for with most people in the industry when they get when they're looking for jobs that's cool that's great especially to, for new people yeah that's great to point out too because i mean and that's not just games like i remember my um my brother-in-law went and interviewed over at google you know and yeah. they they took him out you know at night, to, mm -hmm. you know, and it was all part of the deal. It's like, you know, can yeah. we, can we work with you? Can we hang with you? Can we you yeah. know, get a beer with you? That's, Absolutely. No? Like your family, when you get into it, like, that's how I look at it, at least like, like when I try to hire people, I'm like, look, you're, we have like 18 character artists just on smite, 18 guys. It's crazy. Oh, wow. that that's is like, a lot. that's yeah. great. Cause, Cause we're, we're, we're dumping out like six skins, a patch, a patch is every two weeks. So we're at least a month. We're making 12 characters a month. Oh, wow. It's, it's insane. So having like that many people, it's like you're going to have all these different personality types. So we want to make sure that everyone that comes in has a good attitude because if one person comes in and they have a bad attitude, that can propagate down to the rest of the team and just kind of make everyone negative. It, you know what I mean? You can, mm -hmm. you can infect other people. So we want to make sure we have good people. They're, you know, talented, but they're also just great people and they're like fun to work with and they're excited to work and they're not cocky or like, you know, it's all about growth and, and making the best art but having a good time while doing it do you look for people because and this kind of goes to the ego the cocky thing do you look to, for people who know the latest software you know or or does that not factor um, into it i mean it, i mean with with the the project i'm on like i said it's unreal 3 mm -hmm. so it's kind of archaic so i don't specifically look for that at the same time, it's like, you know, you definitely, that's definitely a good thing to be up on the, the, you know, the, the top of the software stuff. But I look for, I look for fundamentals, really. I just look for design, color theory. I look for anatomy. I look for just like the reads of a character, like from a distance to look good versus up close. Like, is there too much noise? Like I, I'm purely looking for fundamentals yeah. because any of that technology stuff, you can, you can learn that stuff, you know, like I don't know substance right now, but I bet you if I just went to, I like opened up, uh, a substance, you know, training thing, and yeah. you know, I'm I come out a month later, I'll be ready to go, you know. Right. Yeah, that's great, you know. And there's so much to learn, but what you know, you don't, you can't learn it all. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. And you you have to stay yeah, focused. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so that's there's talent trees in this thing, right? Yes. <laughs> you got to you got to you have so many points you can allocate in which area, so you got to like you know just just make sure you you focus on what you're focusing on. I love that. I love that idea of talent trees. So um, Rashid was asking, uh, you know, what's the culture like at high res? So if you could compare like what the culture where you're at now versus other things that might give people a sense of like what it means to fit in, you know, to connect. Sure. Um, so I've been a high res for a long time. So I, I've only worked at one other place uh, in Atlanta, uh, Tripwire Interactive, and that mm -hmm. was also startup, but those guys are great. Um, uh, the, the culture at high res is, um, it's very iterative is the word we like to use um, because things can like change in a dime and it's, it could be design sense changes. It could be things like I was saying, where like we design a character in concept. When I, when I said design, I meant like actual game design, mm -hmm. uh, but in concept design, if we have like, you know, someone made some really cool looking model um, and they have like some things that are wrong with it, like a shoulder pads here, or there's a shin guard here that's going to penetrate somewhere. You have to be able to be able to think fast and, be flexible and come up with creative solutions like right then and there uh, to figure out how to make it work. So 
iterative stuff is very important, being able to be flexible and cre creative creativity. That's also a big thing I look out for with people is creativity, right. um, being able to think on their feet and be uh, creative with solutions. But um, we do that all the time at work. Um, and aside from that, it's like on the Smite team, uh, it's a pretty well-oiled machine at this point. Like we've been doing Smite for like five years, maybe six years now. Um, so it's been around and we have kind of, been really good at mitigating problems and making sure we can boil it down to a really streamlined process. Yeah. Um, so workflow-wise, it's we just you know we have our, our deadlines and we just hit those deadlines and we're pretty much good to go. But if something needs to change, like hey, there's a character needs to have a skin that comes out, or there's some like we just did some sort of a contractual obligation with another company and we're going to have a skin for them out, we have to like be flexible and change things up. Um, so again, iteration there and. Uh, just the team is like, like I said, we try to look for good people because it's all about just like having a good time when you're doing stuff. Like we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to do something we love. A lot of people are not in that position. So trying to leverage that and really just get people that you have a good time with is uh, what I look for. Um, so culture wise, on the character team. That's definitely what we, the way we roll. That's awesome. All right, man. That is really great. I think we got um, one more question and then we can call it a day. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, Gregory's asking yeah, no problem, if, a, if a person's portfolio follows a certain theme, uh, like horror or dramatic, uh, how do you infer that their skill can translate to art themes at high res? Mm. Um, so that's that's tough because like, like it's your it's almost like typecasting yourself. It's like if you see like movies and you see like, hey, this guy like Adam Sandler, right? Who's funny? He's a funny guy, right? He's always in funny movies. He's not going to be in a serious movie because he's always in funny movies. Um, if you have something where you, you, you put yourself in a position where you're always like, I only do horror, I only do horror. It's like one, I don't know if I can trust that you can only, you can do anything but horror. Right. Um, and it's like, well, why would you not want to try others? I would also say to myself, like, why does this person not want to try other things? Is he, is he so comfortable with horror that he doesn't want to improve his skills? Um, stuff like that. So I, I would say, um, diversify a little bit, you know? You know, um, I mean, you can definitely see like if someone has a like, you know, if there's a guy like worked on like a Resident Evil or like a Silent Hill, you know, like professional kind of level stuff, you'd be like, oh wow, this guy's super talented. Like he probably could do the work. But you would definitely art test then, right? If if we saw that you had potential, and we didn't know if like, okay, is this guy a one trick pony and he can only do horror? Let's make sure we just give him an art test and say, hey, make this thing and let's see what you do with it. Uh, so we know if you can make it or not, and then go from there. That's generally the way I would see it is art testing. If 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 we're not we're not a hundred percent sure. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, great. Glad we got that. Um, all right. Uh, well, I should get this one question in with Edison because Edison is very talented modeling. He's working in an architectural house, um, and he wants nice. to. Um, uh, he wants to work in, in games. Uh, do previous careers like, hey, I'm an architect or something like that, do they even count in the conversation? Is it is it part of it? How do you segue it or, or what do you think? Absolutely. It? Absolutely. Um, but it would be relevant to the discipline you're, you're uh, looking for going into. So as an architecture guy, right, environment yeah. art yeah. all day. Right. I mean, as far as characters, you may still have the chops. I mean, like it may just be a totally, like, hey, I just want to try this out and you have the potential. But like the fact that you've used 3D software, like, it, if it's if it's like CAD based stuff, architecture, I'm not sure if you're talking about drafting or CAD based stuff um, yeah. like, like 2D stuff. Um, all that stuff does translate to some degree. Right. Like there's an understanding of design when you do that kind of stuff There's an understanding of like good forms and how that will fit into a 3D space. Right. So I would say specifically in that instance you're looking at more of an environment art kind of position you'd want to apply to. And you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with applying at a position that's lower and your goal is to be something else. When I first started this, I was an environment artist and I always wanted to do character art. So I would just do concepts and just keep working on my character stuff on the side. And I eventually went from an environment artist all the way to an art director from a character side of things. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you guys for the questions and for being here and for being part of this. Uh, ben, man, have a have an awesome day. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom. I appreciate it, man. I hope you guys have a good one. All right, take care. Take care.
All right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I wanna ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.